gentlemen, and welcome to a special anniversary edition of ARG Presents. A special anniversary. It's almost the anniversary. We're like a week or two off. But uh, it came up on the wheel. Boat, in his uh, uh, efforts to be goofy, selected as the wheel piece this week. Bam. Banned on YouTube. Banned on YouTube. And I asked him, I'm like, what does this mean, Bo? What does this wheel piece mean? And he didn't really have a good response, to be honest with you. And so I thought about this long and hard, because you didn't really even know what it meant either, did you? I mean, all honesty, Brian. I just make the pieces, man. <laughs> we probably should have thought about it before we actually spun the wheel. But with all that said, I thought to myself, what does banned on YouTube mean? Because really, YouTube doesn't ban anything. Uh, but it occurred to me that... Uh, it was three years ago, almost to the week, that uh, we got us banned on YouTube. Yes. And so I thought to myself, this is some sort of serendipity here uh, because uh, we had this issue. So I thought a lot of people probably haven't heard this story or, or have forgotten it or, or whatnot. But there was a time where we did every one of the ARG Presents shows on YouTube Live. You remember doing that? Yes, It was the absolutely. first platform that we did any sort of live stuff on because we didn't know what twitch i didn't even watch twitch i know you used to watch yeah it i watch then. twitch all the time <clears throat> um and th so why did you watch what was your motivation for watching twitch but just watch people do speed runs and stuff uh, i mean speed runs retro games anything any game i was interested in it'd be something you could check flip on twitch watch someone actually playing it yeah feeling it out seeing it with its with the gui and all that good stuff uh and plus there's a few people in there that I, I'll enjoy their personalities. They make entertaining yeah. content. Yeah. So, you know, all that good stuff. So, <clears throat> I uh, recall the show. I believe it was episode 90. And the topic was mo games based on films. Yes. Uh, and we played, I believe we played uh, that that uh, uh, movie, Make Your Own Movie Simulator thing. At the Movies or something like that was one of the games. And the other game was Bill and Ted's. Actually, I mentioned, I think on the NES. So, I think you picked it. It so, wasn't on the NES, but it yeah, was it was Bill and Ted's. Yeah. And during the live, uh, and we'd done live, we'd been live for about, I don't know, a year, maybe, maybe not mm -hmm. that long. Something like and, that. Uh, so we were just going along, just like we normally did, and uh, all of a sudden, in the middle of the show, we noticed that we were offline. Yeah. And we, we kept filming the show. But we were we didn't know exactly what had happened, and someone in chat mentioned. But what but it happened was we were showing as we were talking about uh, the Bill and Ted game. I was comparing the movie to the game. Yeah, I was yeah. showing uh, scenes from the Bill and Ted trailer that was on YouTube's. Uh, it was actually YouTube posted this, the the thing. It was on YouTube's uh, uh, thing. I don't know. I never understood what exactly they didn't like. And it was about a it was about a three minute clip that was that was uh, uh, just revolving over and over and over going back through and it was shrunk and we were sitting in front of it and there was no sound okay yeah. uh, with all that and so that's but that's why they banned us it took forever to figure out why and so I uh, I took forever to try to talk to YouTube because I'm like what's going on yeah this was I mean this was scary at the time yeah because. It wasn't just ARG that was effective. It was the whole, all the shows that yeah. were under the like we Amigos just started, gaming. We just started the Coco show. And we had yeah. a, And it, what also was going to happen was we had already started billing the Thanksgiving. That was the first one. 
We also had that window was going to fall dangerously close to the Amigathon as well. Yes. And so I, I was beseeching them, like, listen, we do a charity event here. You know, this is really what's going on. And uh, after, for, it seems like forever, trying to get this thing reviewed, they would not stop. There was, there was, it was auto, mostly automated, and they would, they would not even give it a second look. They were like, we reviewed it, and yeah, you're banned. For 90 days was the ban, and it put us in a real bad spot. And it made me feel bad, because I feel like I screwed the channel with this footage, because I'm controlling all the production on this stuff. Uh, and we were sort of screwed right there, weren't we? I mean, we didn't know. We exactly weren't what sort we... of screwed. We were screwed. Yeah. I mean, the funny thing is, we'd gotten used to we'd gotten used to uh, streaming live at that point, and so we'd done it for all of our shows, like we always do to this day, for the most part. I mean, very rarely do we tape do any pre-tape stuff. It's yeah. hardly ever. I can't remember the last time. If I'm honest, uh, and it was very depressing to me. But I learned a valuable lesson. I learned I learned two lessons. Lesson one. Uh, YouTube is a huge uh, uh, beast that can't conceivably be monitored by humans. It's impossible. Correct. And so a certain amount of latitude has to be in involved in their decisions and your acceptance of the decisions. And number two, YouTube doesn't give two uh, craps about a, a channel like ours. I mean, you have to be a big boy to where they'll start helping you out. I mean, look at the stuff that people get away with on the big channels, and it's nothing compared to that. But you know, but a lot of people get banned for weird reasons. And of course, you come to find out here recently that not only can you get banned for stuff like showing a three-minute rotating clip of the Bill and Ted preview, but you can get banned for stuff like someone not liking you and just reporting you or just saying you ripped them off. Stuff like that. There are tons of ways you can get banned off the the platform. And uh, and we've never went back. I don't think we've ever done a single other live thing on YouTube since that happened. Do you recall us doing anything? I know we, me and you personally. Not not live. Of course, we still post stuff to YouTube. And here's the thing. I'm not going to defend YouTube because it was stupid. Uh, uh, and, and I'm not going to defend us either saying that the clip was fair use because it wasn't. But... Uh, it was a movie trailer. It wasn't. It was on YouTube. Yeah. It was YouTube's own footage. Well, that, that, that's irrelevant. We were sitting behind <clears throat> in front of it, and it was muted. You Who in their right mind is going to boot like that? YouTube is is a uncontrollable beast, uh, and really Twitch is too. And it's it has to fall to automation to hope to corral all of the nasty stuff because there's a lot of really bad stuff that happens on YouTube and Twitch. It, it happens. So I understand the need. And I also understand that they cannot personally review every single banning that happens because there are you know tens of thousands of bannings a day. Uh, it's just the way it is. However, all of this comes down to one thing, right? Is something that we did, use a clip, worthy of even an AI ban? Because no one complained about us. It. it just picked up as an automated thing. Right. And I think that's the rule that needs to change to really uh, uh, make sense of the whole system. Uh, I don't figure it will change, but, you know, it, that's, that's the dream, right? To put it, Things to, get better. To put this in perspective... 
We are, uh, our Amigo shows, when Boat does the Patreon song, are routinely flagged. Yeah. And this is, and I don't mean the ones where he has a band. I mean the one where he's out there a cappella singing something. And we all have heard Boat sing. I mean, I guess you could ban them on the, on the I mean, we get flagged, for, you could ban them on the flag them for good taste. I'll give you that. Or performance. But I mean, how, are you going to give the algorithm credit for coming up with the ability to, it's scary when they can flag Boat. Yeah. You know, for yeah. that stuff. Uh, we also had an incident once where uh, Boat and me were covering the news, and I think it was the uh, Angry Video Game Nerd episode where he burned and melted in a CD32, Mega CD32. And so we were covering the news, and we got a takedown notice from, a, from the Angry Video Game Nerd again. In a small window in the corner of the screen with people in front of it. Yeah, and, that, and that's never happened with any other news source that we've ever used. So seriously, he's got a lot of jack. Well, no, that was I guarantee that was flagged by his by his people. That's right. That's what I'm talking um, about. And you that could have mm. actually probably been fought because that was fair use. You were talking about the clip, uh, and you weren't showing full things of his show, but you we know, were talking why, about the Bill and Ted clip too. <laughs> well, but that's a whole different fair use. Fair use is needlessly complicated, and unless you spend a lot of time actually reviewing the laws and understanding them, uh, it's something that people just don't understand. Uh, and I don't fully understand it. I feel as if I have a better grasp on it than most, but it's a complicated system. And who knows? Our Too Hot for YouTube show might be too hot for YouTube. This might be the only time to view it right now. Well, it, it was tough to choose something for this show. And so I talked to Brent. I mean, I talked to a lot of people all week. Because if you're going to have a show, a video, it's got too hot for YouTube on it. I don't know what you've got to do, but conceivably, it wouldn't be shown on YouTube. <laughs> and so <clears throat> I, don't know what, I don't know what made you choose what you did. And we'll get into what I chose, but I, I assumed that we wanted, at the bare minimum, to choose games that were controversial in some way. Absolutely. And so that was my reckoning when we went forward. Now, Brent, you're going to lead the dance this week yes. with your selection for this wacky category. What did you pick this time around? I chose a game that might have not been too hot for the webpage YouTube, but it was definitely too hot for a ton of countries that it was released in, and that is Carmageddon. Now, Aaron, Carmageddon, we're going to talk about the game and the gameplay and all that good stuff, but I want to get a little bit of why this game was so controversial first. Uh, you played Carmageddon back in the oh, day, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. I love that game. And you played it networked? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Definitely the best way to play it, definitely. So, Carmageddon, for those not in the know, was a game released in 1997 and... Uh, saw a ton of controversy because in the game you are running over people and livestock for points <laughs> and that is <clears throat> very important okay it's very important that these aren't just hapless citizens that happen to sometimes get caught in the crossfire you actually get rewarded <clears throat> for vehicular homicide that is the premise of the game. Uh, that is how the game is played. So, you know, when it comes to video game bans, places like China, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, a lot of countries in the Middle East, if they're even up to get such a game, 
it's going to get banned, right? But there, <clears throat> this game was banned in regions you would have never expected. And I'm talking India, Brazil, and the UK. Mm. The UK. <clears throat> and here's the thing, Aaron. A lot of people say, oh, Carmageddon, the original release was banned in the UK. No, it wasn't. You just said that. I know. The UK has a ratings board, right? Yeah. And they gave Carmageddon to the ratings board because you can't sell a game that doesn't have a rating. So they gave the game to the ratings board and said, rate our game. And if the rating board would have said, well, this is an 18-plus game, right? They could have taken the game, put it on the shelf, and been done. I mean, a lot of stores wouldn't have sold it because just like adults only over in the U.S., there are rating levels that will get you kicked out of most shops. Like Walmart doesn't sell any uh, adult-only games in the U.S. Same kind of thing happens over in uh, uh, the U.K. where big retail chains won't sell it if it's 18+. plus. So Carmageddon puts its stuff in, and it's waiting for its rating. It's waiting for its rating. And the rating board just simply says, we're not going to rate your game. So instead of getting it at the 18 plus and get it kicked out of some stores, they just said, we're not even going to give you a rating, which means you can't legally sell the game. Mm. Now here's the dirty little secret. Yeah. Here's the dirty little secret in that, okay? Yeah. If you don't submit your game for it to be rated, and you still ship it to retailers to be sold. Yeah. It can be put on the shelf and sold. Hmm. And it's a gray area. Yes, they could technically enforce legal action, but especially in 97 when all these rules were just in their infancy, uh, the legal battle over that would have been long and it would have been just a slog because there weren't enough rules out there to really cement its place in saying this is freedom of speech or it's, you know, uh, uh, breaking the law. Right. So the lawyers for uh, the developers, Stainless Games, actually said, that's what you want to do. Just put the game in stores because we're afraid of what the rating system is going to do. And they, were, they said, no, we're going to put it through the rating system. However, it was all a ploy. They knew bad things were going to happen. They had already heard that they weren't going to rate the game. And that is why they they had the patch work to put in zombies, because zombies aren't humans, and robots instead of uh, uh, in place of uh, some of the humans and some of the animal life, right? It was already planned. They, they knew they were going to run into this sort of thing. Mm. So it was all about publicity and it worked fantastically it got so much press it got so much news coverage that that they wouldn't have been able to generate otherwise uh now it did it allow them also to later they they kind of uh uh, said listen if you're not going to rate our game we're going to take it to these other people the other people rated it, and then they could sell the non-zombie version over in the UK. So they got to release the game again. Um, and that happened in a lot of places around the world. 
very interesting marketing strategy. Uh, Carmageddon sold fantastically uh, in all the regions it was sold in. Now, Aaron, did you know that the uh, game was actually censored in the United States as well? No, I didn't know that. Yes. There is a character uh, named uh, Juicy Jones. Yeah. And he had a bloody shirt uh, with orange juice on it. And it was supposed to be a representation of O.J. Simpson. Okay. And that was actually removed <laughs> from the United States version. Um, was he in the Bronco? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So, uh, other places this place was this was banned. Uh, Argentina outright said no. Germany said no unless you uh, edit the game to put in the zombies and the robots and all that other stuff. And... Uh, uh, Almost all the places that it was banned, they they did change the graphics. They made it so you weren't killing humans. They even had story panels made out for the places where the game where you're running over zombies. The story in the game is different. It says that you're trying to cleanse the planet, and if you cleanse the planet of all the zombies, you know you can bring life back to the planet. Oh yeah. So they knew what they were doing, yeah. right? There's no doubt about it. Um, how, Brazil, however, hardline, hardline, and I've got a letter here. They're tough. They've they, they've done that in the past. Uh, I've got a, a letter that was released uh, by the people who would have distributed the game there, and this was a, a, an open letter to gaming outlets. That I'll just summarize it here. They said, "Listen, this is stupid." He said, I'm not talking for my company, right? He said, but this is stupid. The government has better things to worry about instead of running over little pixels in a video game. Uh, it shows corruption, yada, yada, yada. Uh, so it really riled up the Brazilian market. But to my knowledge, it never got released in Brazil. So crazy stuff. Now let's talk about Carmageddon proper. What is Carmageddon? Carmageddon is a driving game, an open-world driving game that is also based on racing. So you start, you pick your character. You can either be max damage or die Anna, which that also caused controversy because Princess Diana died shortly after the release of this game. Die Anna. They weren't going for that. Yeah, clearly. But it, you know, it actually heaved up more controversy when that happened. Uh, so you pick your character and you ha you start your race. And the race is a checkpoint race. You go through your checkpoints, it loops in a circuit, uh, but you don't have to just, the, the roads aren't blocked off, right? This isn't uh, like a midnight club or anything like that. You literally can go anywhere in this city and as long as you go through the checkpoints in order, that's all that matters. Uh, that's one way to win. Yeah. The second way to win is just to destroy all your opponents. Yeah. If, that's, if there, that's my personal favorite. <laughs> if there are no opponents left, the you win by default. Yeah. The third way to win, and by far the most difficult, yeah. is to kill everyone on the map. Yeah. All the humans on the map. And they're they're all over the place. Yes. No and we're path. not talking, you know, 50, 60 people. No. We're talking. 527 on the opening level. Yeah. 527. And they aren't 
just on the race path. You have to go looking for these people. They're in stadiums. They're underground. They're up on roofs. Up on roofs. Yeah. So you have to ramp to. Uh, so that's not really a realistic way if you're trying to win and complete the game. But it's a fun side activity uh, that you can kind of come. It gives the game some replayability. Uh, there are several map locations on this. Uh, you've got cities. You've got industrial parks, chemical factories. Uh, country roads, like farms type stuff. And all of them have the same premise, right? Checkpoint racing, drive wherever you want, kill citizens. Um, But they feel different. They, When you're in the city, you've got alleys and roadways, and you can kind of go off of those things. When you're in, like, the industrial park or the chemical factory, there are, I mean, there's roads, sure, but you're driving... Through the factory, yeah. you're you're jumping over vats of acid and all that kind of thing, so it's a completely different feel. Uh, and you are to if someone finishes the race, the race is over, right? Goes through all the checkpoints, but you are also up against a clock, and to get more time for your clock, you can pick up power ups. You can uh, uh, if you kill enough citizens in a row, you'll get a time boost that will extend your clock. Um, All kinds of fun stuff like that. Uh, There are also power-ups you can pick up in the map. Things that will uh, make you invulnerable, give you turbo boost. There are things that will add electricity to your car, so you don't have to get on top of it. You don't have to run a citizen over to kill them. You'll just run past them and shoot electricity and kill them that way. So it's Got tons of little fun things. It's got Easter eggs and billboards. Uh, you have your little guy's portrait up in the corner that kind of gives you a feel of what your driver's feeling. When you start going really fast, he'll react scared. If he gets jumbled around, you know, you see that up there. This was one of the first games to do that, and I think they did it really well. Um, when you first part played this game, Aaron... And I, I know you played it because we all played it back oh, in the yeah. day. Uh, what did you think about it? Well, this is one of those games back in the day I'd heard about before I actually got hold of it. You know, uh, <laughs> it's funny. I, I play, playing that, playing this this week. It's been a while since I played the original. Most of the ones I played were the sequels. Yeah. Uh, you know, so but the original I hadn't played it for a long time, and I'd forgotten a lot about, especially the opening. The opening of this is the cinematic opening where it just shows these cars on a racetrack and they're racing. It's it's so well done and it amps you up so much. And the music is so good. The music of this game is great. Yeah, the music and, is actually uh, licensed from. Oh man, I can't believe I can't find this right now. Go ahead, I'll, we'll get back the, to that. It gets you so pumped up for this game. There was an old movie uh, starring Sylvester Stallone and David Carradine called Death Race 2000. It was on back when I was a kid, right? It's from the 70s. We'll actually get, skip that part of all your right. story because I got a thing on that. Well, anyway, that, I'd seen that movie, so I was like, oh, man, this is like that. Yeah. You know, plus, who doesn't want to take a, a cool-looking monster car? Listen, I played a lot of games, car games back in the day, but there were things I wanted to do in car games that you didn't often get a chance to do, and one was like crazy stunts. And one of them was just like running through a city, like just pounding cars and people. And this is the game. Yeah. Like they found it was like. And the thing is, the engine on this game is was off the charts. Yeah. Like I couldn't believe it. And I I saw someone in the chat says that age. Well, I'm going to disagree, and because I played it this week, 
and I thought to myself, my God, this is still a tight engine. And and this thing was modded out the yin-yang yep. back in the day. I'm sure you'll get into that. Yep. Uh, with all kinds of sound packs and graphic updates. I remember having, like, the Batmobile as a car in this and stuff. So, I mean, this, it was an, basically an open-world game that was easy to mod. It had tons and tons of options. It had tons of control options, which was great because there's a lot of controls. Uh, the guy in the corner, like... The one I something else I like about this game is like they don't just give you like a generic guy. Like the two characters you can pick from are both out of their mind. Yeah, like they're characters. Like and, you watch their reactions and stuff, and they're great. Like they go bananas, and that makes it a lot of fun. It seems like that they ditched the character in the corner after after the sequels. Seems like I don't remember the characters being in the corner for all of these. I'm guessing they must have got rid of that. But uh, these early ones, like I thought that was great, and they're photorealistic, so it's I mean they're, they're Looking around, it's cool. I mean, maybe yeah. it gets old for some people, but I thought it was pretty funny. You know, their reactions. It's great to 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 see someone damaged on the on the field. And you just come back and just ram them. That's always a lot of fun. Getting the power ups were wacky. You know, you like instant breaking was one, and or you know, some of these rolled together in my mind. But like jelly suspension was another weird. One. Yeah. But sometimes you get something <clears throat> that screw you, and sometimes you yep. get something that helps you. You know, these cars, if you want to go into the water, you just drive underwater. Like, yep. no one, there were no rules. Like Brent said, you could go all over the course. I mean, it's a city. They have the route blocked off for you, but, like, you didn't care. You didn't care what that, anything about that. And when you hook this up with a network, which we did, uh, this game takes on a whole different level of fun because you play it differently when you play with other people. Uh, you actually uh, like we. Some people have different approaches, and that made the game spicy. Yeah, to get a bunch of people playing at once, and we. This was a house favorite back when I lived in Lexington. So we used to play this all the time, and in sequels. And we would always get excited when new ones came out or new mods and stuff came out. I mean, this game had legs, and we played it this and its sequels. We played for years and years, and it's still fun. I've got the newest version. That I got off Steam and good old games on the hard drive today. Like yeah. I still play this, uh, and this is I don't know how many years later, ninety seven to so twenty some years later. It's a, a it was a great game. The multiplayer stuff is a lot of fun. It's just I I've got I don't think I've got a single bad thing to say about this game. I loved every part of it. When you picked it, I was like, oh, it's gonna be a good week. Yeah. Uh, for the music, you mentioned that uh, it, it's all music from Fear Factory. Uh, yeah. One of their albums, the lyrics are removed. I thought but I all the those songs. all the instruments yeah. are there. You mentioned mentioned the modifications. This game was very open for modifications. Oh yeah, it, it, it required putting in a code, but it was the code was like I want a fiddle or something like that. Yeah, and then you could just change everything about it, all the sounds, all the graphics, everything. It's so much so that people made and released unofficial packs that added new levels and new cars and everything. Yeah. Speaking of cars, 30 obtainable cars yeah. in this game. Uh, and you only start with one. And they're but, good ones, too. But as you delete, you know, as you kill opponents, you can sometimes get their vehicle just by destroying them, or you can buy them, you can buy car upgrades, um, all that good stuff. And that's that, in-game money, not after purchases. Real exactly, yeah. exactly. This was way before that kind of stuff. Yeah, you'd never get this now. Um, you'd never do that. You mentioned Death Race 2000. Uh, going back even before that, this was going to be a Mad Max game. And they could not obtain the movie rights. So they said, okay, 
Let's we're not going to get those. Let's turn to this new film coming out, Death Ray 2000. And for the longest time, I'm talking up to like six months or a, a, a little further back before release, this was going to be a Death Race 2000 game. And it the eventually it all fell apart. Those broke down. So uh, they were just like, the guys over at Stain was, was just like, screw it. We're going to make our own game. Meh. Yeah, they made done. the right call. Yeah. And the the folks that uh, uh, were actually part of Stainless, their, their developers and stuff, were big fans of Demolition Derby games. And they actually made a Demolition Derby game before this. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It was okay. Uh, but it, and they made it for a company. Yeah. They didn't make it on their own. They made it for a company. Um, it is said in interviews that uh, the pup- publisher, uh, SCI, yeah. was awesome to work with. They said that uh, the, the people over at Stainless said every month or so, they would come and they would make sure the game, you know, there was still progress being made, that it just hadn't went stagnant. Uh, and as long as progress was being made, they were like, listen, you do you, man. Keep on going. And they said that working relationship helped so much in developing the game. Now, Aaron, this game, of course, spawned uh, several sequels, uh, stretches across many different platforms. Uh, Plus the Splat Pack. But yes, it also had DLCs. It even went away, had a Kickstarter, a successful Kickstarter, released that Kickstarter game, it was universally panned, yeah. and they were like, okay, we screwed up. We're going to fix it on our own dime. Fix the game, and now the most recent Carmageddon is actually pretty decent. Really? I don't know yes. if I played the newest, newest one. And uh, uh, it it was one of those things where they admit uh, they what they put out there as the initial release wasn't as good as it should have been, and they redid the whole game. Uh, and gave it away to everyone who already had a copy. Mm. So kudos to them for that. Uh, obviously, I, I, I'm high on this game. I, I think it is uh, uh, a wonderful addition to the genre of, of uh, vehicular games that go outside of the norm. Uh, I think it has a lot of character, which really takes it well. I think the controls are good. I think the sound... Uh, the music all top notch. Yes, the graphics without the 3DFX patch, which is a whole different ball game, uh, is not as solid. Uh, the 3DFX patch really cleaned stuff up. It really helped frame rates. Uh, if it, it was something that if you had a 3DFX back in the day, uh, which is a a 3D accelerator card, uh, which most of us would just call a graphics card nowadays. Uh, with that, it took this game from from being really good to exceptional. This was one of those. Uh, this was a this was a graphics card seller. Yes, this absolutely. Was a game that I, I remember seeing uh, the uh, somebody that had the 3DS versions, and I was just like, man, that looks it. It smoothed everything out. It yes, they looked uh, tighter. And this was one where you're like, you, you, I was like, okay, maybe I've got to go down this road. Absolutely. Because I think 97, 98, uh, 3D cards had been around for a cup of coffee, 
But it's not like everyone had one. Absolutely. And these suckers were expensive, man. Mm-hmm. And they were also kind of weird because they weren't all integrated. So it was a separate car. You had to do all that. Uh, you had to daisy chain up the graphics uh, uh, cards and stuff. And I was always leery of them. But, man, this was one. This is one of those games that I was just like, man, it may be time. Because you could, you could really tell a big difference. And plus... Uh, this game was so much fun that you were like, you know, it's worth getting the spending the extra bucks just even for one game, and hopefully other stuff will get this good. Yes, exactly. I agree with you on that. So, I mean, if you have not played Carmageddon, uh, I highly recommend it. There, oh, are, God, there yeah. are several ways to go about getting it. Uh, good old games, Steam. Uh, it has sequels, Carmageddon Two, Carpet. Carpocalypse Now, which is really it's great. It's better than the original. Yeah. Uh, it, it just took the original and just added more to it. Yeah. Um, Carmageddon TDR two thousand Death Race. That was that one's that the probably eh. the, uh, that was the, I thought it was great. I eh. love that one too. The yeah, network it was good. And stuff on it yeah. was really good. Uh, and then of course you've got the. Carmageddon Reincarnation, which was the one that came out in 2015. I never played that one. That's the that That's was the, the Kickstarter good. one. Well, they made it good. They yeah. made it good. So, are you going to talk about Carmageddon on the consoles? <laughs> Not so good, Al. Carmageddon released on. I mean, it was popular like enough that it got N64 releases. It also got uh, portable releases. Uh, oh God! And I'm not talking phones in the modern day. I'm talking, uh, 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 you know, remakes basically for for uh, Game Boy advances. Uh, no good. Um, it, it's and really those aren't the ones for the Game Boy and stuff. Aren't the first game? Yeah. It's actually the second game, but they don't call it the second game. So it's it's a weird area to go into. Yeah. Uh, but. Long story short, don't play this on a console. Play it on a PC. Yeah, I, you know, back in the day when I used to have mods for this, I had that would sound packs. I had one for uh, uh, Army of Darkness, so it'd be Ash saying stuff like he was the driver. I had some that had The Simpsons. It's a lot like Doom. Like you know, you could get those weird sound packs yep. and graphics packs, and they were so much fun. The additional cards you could pull out. They would be making stuff like the Night Rider car kit and then. And bat, the Batmobile and stuff. And it was it was so fun to play. I mean, I'm telling you. And the multiplayer where you had, like, the one where you basically had to tag each other with the bomb. Yes. That was great. And this yeah. was the opposite where you had to try to keep the bomb. This was, a, I'm assuming that uh, Stainless Soft was British. Because this was a very British, the humor in this was very British to me. So, I, I was, I mean, we had, I mean, just the way, the way they talked, it was British. But the people that made this game, they got it. Yeah. They knew what they were making when they made it. They just did like anyone could put together a car fighting game, and a lot of people have tried, you know. But these guys, they knew what they had, and they knew what they wanted. Is there a better car combat game? To me, there's not. I like Interstate 76. I like Interstate you know, 76 a I, whole I, I know lot. a lot of people like uh, the uh, the what's the one with the with the uh, on the PlayStation with the with the ice cream truck, twisted, uh, twisted metal. metal. Those are all well and good, but I don't think they ever did it better. Ever did they do it better than this? Including that game we play online today, the the car game that everybody likes on Steam, the the massively multiplayer game. We play another game that's currently I think it's Russian. And it's a fun game where you build your own car, but then you get in all this, oh. all the download and all. You have to pay for parts and real money and stuff. 
this thing gives you everything in one tight package. I loved it. Loved Absolutely. It. And for the record, yes, Stainless Games is based out of the UK. Uh, did you get any action on the Discord? I believe yes. you did. Yeah. Let me have a quick look over here. And we want to thank everybody. One thing we never talk about is that if you want to send us a review of whatever games we're uh, talking about, we usually try to announce the games by Wednesday. And then you have the ability to go on our Discord page and send us reviews, and we'd love to hear them. Uh, you can also email us reviews at argpresents at mail.com if you just want to go that route. Uh, we had one submission this week from our buddy uh, Pajaco who writes, Launching into my final year at university, and at a time when we had network at our house, we played it a ton. But it's been years, so ponying up for the good old games, I was quickly mowing down suckers and smashing into things like my life depended on it. I like the way you suckers in there. <laughs> I could totally see why there was so much controversy, but anyone that took this game seriously needed to get a grip. The original hasn't aged well, with the crunchy frame rate and cameras that made it difficult to navigate, but this was the early days of modern 3D gaming, so I'll give it a break. It's still a really fun game with some early sandbox gameplay that really set it apart from other driving games of the day. Absolutely. Some of the elements uh, went on to appear in other games, like the Burnout series with the stunt bonuses and other car crash-based games. Uh, we forget the Burnout series is also a great, a great series, but again, I think this one's better. Um, for its time... The graphics were great. The audio and soundtrack is still awesome. It is. But yeah, it's not quite the game I remember. If you've not played the original before, it might not be for you. So if you may want to pick up Max Damage instead, but do play Carmageddon 8 out of 10. P.S. Not the N64 one that sucks no. poop through a sweaty yeah. gym sock. I agree. I agree yes. with that wholly. An excellent choice, Brent. A uh, controversial game for sure, uh, but one that I uh, quite enjoyed back in the day. Absolutely. So. So, I went a completely different route, if I may say. Uh, and I'm not going to lie, I had to get this one past the, the Brent to get it featured on the show. But I, 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 put my, I put myself on the line here because I think the world needs to know about the joy and solid graphic and gameplay involved in the game I chose this week, which was, bam, it's Samantha Fox Strip Poker, everybody. Samantha Fox Strip Poker. I looked at the C64 version. I think that's what you looked at as well, Brent. Yes. Um, had you? I'm assuming you never played this before this week. No. Had you heard of it? No. no. So, Samantha Fox Strip Poker, published by Martech Games Limited. Uh, Martech Games uh, also happened to be the people that, uh, that basically the developer was Software Communications Limited. Software Communications Limited is the parent company of Martech. So they basically own the publisher. So effectively, this is a self-published game. Right. Um, Happens all the time. Software Communications Limited. I'd never heard of this outfit, if I'm honest. Uh, but they did do a few other games, including Fury, uh, Catch-23, War, Zoids. I'd actually heard of Zoids. Uh, uh, and a few other things. Uh, and the publisher actually published a lot of stuff. Now, get this. The publisher had a gimmick here. Let's see if you can spot the gimmick. Are you ready? All right. They did Nigel Mansell's Grand Prix, Jeff Cape's Strongman, Eddie Kidd's Jump Challenge, Brian Jack's Superstar Challenge. And you see it. And they also did this, Samantha Fox Strip Poker. So you see it. You see a gimmick here? Find famous person attached to game. Right. They also <laughs> did the very provocatively titled Four Top Games, my personal favorite. So you know it's gold. 
Minuted Fury, Vixen, Pulsator, and a bunch more. Uh, this was released in 86 on the C64, but you also got releases for the Amstrad, the BBC Micro, the MSX, and of course, uh, everyone's favorite, the ZX Spectrum. Uh, the concept of this game is credited to someone named uh, Pevensley Bay, which is a cool name. Now, the programming on this, this is where it gets a little funky, the people behind the game. Uh, programmed by Wolfgang Smith, but that's not his real name. They were using fake names in this game. I don't know why. Uh, but it, the real programmer uh, of this uh, particular was Simon Nicole. Uh, who worked on Robocop 3, Back to the Future 3, Trivia Crazy, uh, and a game we've got to try sometime, Brett, Mega Apocalypse. And he also worked on TTL, or TLL Tornado Low Level. Didn't we play that on one of these shows long ago? It seems to ring a bell. No. I think we did. Uh, the graphics were done by someone who actually put their real name in, Malcolm J. Smith, who also worked on Mega Apocalypse, among others. And the music, which is probably the strongest part of this whole game, was credited to the ever-popular John York. You may not have heard of John York because he doesn't exist, but the real <laughs> the real writer of the music eventually admitted that he did the music for this because he needed the buddy. It's our old friend, Ron Hubbard. Uh, Ron Hubbard uh, is a uh, super genius on this. Yeah, I know. Ron Hubbard did the music for this. Rob. Or, excuse Aaron. me, Rob. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Big difference. Sorry, my, my brain's tapioca. <laughs> uh, Rob did uh, has done, uh, gosh, probably almost 100 C64 games. Uh, and we've played a bunch of his stuff, including International uh, Karate, among others. Uh, he also uh, did stuff on all the systems. He's been on the Amiga. He's been on everything. So he was embarrassed. And he actually said that the uh, uh, he just did this because of the money. He wanted money. He needed money. I, I don't see why you need to be embarrassed by that. You know, that's that's okay, man. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. No. Money down. Now, <laughs> before we get to this game proper, I want to talk about the person whose name appears in the box and whose uh, the game is all about, Samantha Fox. Now, listen, I know. Oh, I know you hate people pieces, but tough. This is Samantha Fox, brother. I've been waiting a lifetime to give her a little notice here. Samantha Fox... Uh, whose real name is Samantha Fox. Did you know that? Probably not. I didn't know that. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Uh, uh, born on April 66. So how, how did Samantha Fox become a thing? Okay. Samantha Fox's mother... Well, when a mommy and a daddy loves each other very much. Well, no, listen. The mommy loved her very much because she sent Samantha Fox's photos into an amateur modeling contest way back in the day. And she, out of, out of like, I think it was like a... a, a 2,500 people. She came in second. Pretty good, right? And so she was offered a chance to model for the newspaper in the UK called The Sun. Uh, the Sun has a, what they call a page three girl. I don't know if they still have this, but they sure as heck had it in the 80s. I heard about this, even over here. And the page three girl, it's a topless picture of some super hot model they would put in the paper. And so Samantha Fox appeared... On page three, on her very first appearance, February 22nd of 83. Get this, though. She was the most popular chick they ever had there. She was in there tons of times. And uh, she was by far the, the most famous girl they had, including coming back for a second run, where I believe she did a whole week after she'd gotten famous. So <laughs> she was super popular, popular pinup girl. Now... I did not first, she didn't first come into my view until my buddy Hose 
had a poster of her. He goes, look, this is Samantha Fox. I went, holy smokes. You know, and then all of a sudden she starts making music because she's multi-talented. And her first uh, album had a big hit single called Touch Me, I Want Your Body. It's She sings it more sexy than I do. I would hope so. Uh, this uh, came out on uh, March 10th, uh, 1986. It was it hit the top of the charts everywhere. It got a lot of play here in the states because it has super sexy. Uh, she had a super sexy uh, video for it, as you can imagine. One thing, if you look at her catalog of big tunes, they're all sort of sexy. That was one. She also had one, "Naughty Girls Need Love Too," was another song that she had. A, that was a that was a hit. Get this, I didn't know this either. In '88, Samantha Fox received a Brit Award nomination for Best British Female Artist. That's impressive. No, because I didn't think her musical career was all that big. Uh, but, it, it, but it was. Apparently, it was bigger than I thought. Uh, she also uh, appeared on TV shows. We talked about this last night. She was on Charles in Charge. And she was on a bunch of other shows. I was surprised about that, too. So live and learn with Samantha Fox. So you knew a girl of her, of her qualification uh, would eventually end up uh, making the the short leap in the video game, and lo and behold, uh, she did that with Samantha Fox Strip Poker. Now, uh, I think it's a rite of passage for a lot of kids, uh, young men, I should say, to p- get these games on their computer back in the day and and to go through and play them. And this is one, the old Strip Poker, that is pr- is quite heavily uh, uh, leaned on as, as as a teenager. I don't know if you ever wa- looked at these games, but I did. I learned to play a pretty mean uh, hand of poker or blackjack in some of these games to try to get better at them. And this game, I will admit, it does not reinvent the wheel <laughs> when it comes to games on the C64. Now, uh, Samantha Fox Strip Poker has one game of cards. And you'll play it, you'll like it. It's a very simplistic game of poker where you uh, you pay poker with Samantha Fox. Uh, the screen features a big, uh, let's say, digitized picture of Samantha Fox. At the beginning of the game, it looks That's like... That's what we're calling digitized. Well, I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> when you first start the game and you look at what Samantha Fox is wearing, it appears you will take 700,000 hands of poker to get her naked. Because she looks like she's on audition for being cast as the Invisible Man. <laughs> she's got on a, a hat, a sunglasses, a scarf, a coat. She's got all this stuff. And so the goal of this game is to continuously uh, uh, take her money to the point where she has to sell off articles of clothing to get uh, more money to play in poker. And we've all been there. <laughs> and so uh, your cards are at the bottom of the screen. Uh, you it's it, you only see part of the cards. They didn't even give you the full card in this. But the cards are, I mean, they're easy to see. I will say but the difference between the spades and the clubs can be a little hard to make out uh, as you play the game. But it's a real simple game of poker. Now, I will say, I played a lot of this this week for studying purposes. You know, because, I mean, hey, you got to know. Uh, and you, uh, I thought it did an okay job. However, I did not think Samantha Fox is what I would call the most cunning player because she's not that difficult to beat. I will say I had this game painfully crash on me at a few key moments when it was attempting to load something from disc and it was that is infuriating. It had to be two times this week that I was playing this game. And, and so as you go through the game, 
you the funny thing here's the here's the secret about this game because when we me I had to fight you and badger you to let me play this game because you're like listen we're not gonna play some kind of porn game and you're right we don't want to play a porn game this game is as far from porn game no, as you could possibly true. go because the graphics the digitized Samantha Fox is in monochrome and on top of that it's just not that good it's yeah. not a good it's not wow. a good look. For Sam, it's not her fault. She looks great. It's just that the technology at the time and the ability of the C sixty four to render said picture makes it difficult. But you know, when you're when you're trying to win a poker game, you take what you get. The uh, uh, other sad hidden truth is there's really only one bit of nudity in this whole game. At the very very end, you get to see the topless picture uh, that you've seen put in the public paper hundreds of times for. <laughs> For for fifty cents or whatever you paid back to, to for fifty fifty p that you could get these and so uh, that that was sort of a letdown because Brent was worried. It was like, oh man, I was like, man, I even I was worried. I'm going to edit the heck out of this video. No, I clipped off about a ten second chunk at the end, and that's it. So you won't be seeing the. You'll have to play poker to win for sure on this to see the final thing. Uh, there's about probably I don't know five six digitized pictures in this. Something maybe like maybe that. not that many. I will say uh, Rob Hubbard's uh, music is 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 actually the star of the show. There's a great rendition of the Entertainer in here. Then there's when you get to the end, there's a, it plays the striptease song, you know that we all know and love that 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 plays. And also he has a sound effect for the shuffling of the deck, you know. And there's tons of sound effects in this between every hand it plays a little ditty. So the music is actually not bad in this. Uh, it was not a uh, super expensive game. Someone in the chat mentioned, and they're, they're probably dead on. This was probably one of the most pirated games of all time. Because <laughs> it sounds a lot better than than it than it, than it really is. Uh, but I mean, still, uh, you know, I, as a poker game, it wasn't it wasn't the worst. Uh, I did look at the uh, uh, we looked at another version of this on the old Amstrad to see how it and the Amstrad got color. Uh, in fact, I would say the Amstrad version... And she has a nose. She has a nose. That's always good. The Amstrad version has it plays you a different slant on the cards. You get you actually get to see the full card, although the cards aren't rendered nicely. And uh, you get a little bit of color in there. Well, and you play a different type of poker. Well, it's a different type of poker. And also, the uh, it's funny because the ZX Spectrum plays a different type of poker as well. So I think it plays seven cards, stud, something like that. And the the I only I was only able to find the Amstrad instructions for this, but I will say I was I was amused by them because it goes into great detail about Samantha Fox's poker playing prowess, and in, in, in this game, uh, you were dead set against this one, Brent. I know you got to sit down and play it a little bit this week. What did you think about Samantha Fox and her strip poker game? Well, I played through the entire game. Yeah, I figured that. Uh, How it, many tries did it take you to do that? I first sat down, took maybe fifteen minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the game's garbage. Well, I... There, in fact, I, I, you might appreciate the music. I did not. I thought it was pretty grating. Um, the, the poker AI is just the, just the dirt worst. I mean, it she, makes some questionable bets. It's like I, I raised twenty, and I was like, "Huh, that's interesting." I've got like three of a kind. All right, I, I'll I'll bet. It's like that. She takes four, seven high. Yeah. It's like what? She'll she'll <laughs> she'll bet as much as she can, and then she'll be like four cards. I'm like, "Oh man, I'm gonna win this hand." Is there doubt about it? Uh, and, and it, 
I mean, outside of the novelty, I, I'm looking at this strictly from a game game standpoint, and then I'll look at the novelty standpoint. <laughs> strictly from a gameplay standpoint, it's just the dirt worst. Uh, your opponent is an absolute moron. Right. Uh, it is just draw poker. You get your cards, you bet, you draw cards, you bet, game's over. Yes, you have a running balance, but it really doesn't matter because your opponent gets to reload with every piece of clothing. So it's just kind of dumb. Um, the cards look okay, but they're not great. Uh, 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 the interface, and this might have been through the emulation, was kind of crap. Instead of being able to hit like one, two, three, four, five to select what cards you want to discard, you have to use the arrow keys to to mouse over, quote unquote, uh, the the card you want to change out. Uh, and even that was wonky because sometimes it would move too far, or you'd to go left, you'd have to hit up. I, I don't know if you experienced this problem. I didn't have any I, trouble with the interface. Okay, because that could solely be emulation, but in mine was it was ran. It was just crap. Um, and then from the novelty standpoint, the pictures are absolute trash. They're black and white. It's not even like you're looking at a person ninety percent of the time. Many of the pictures are so washed out that she doesn't have facial features. The <laughs> final picture is no less disappointing than all the rest of them. Uh, I, literally, what does this game have going for it? it the, the title? I mean, literally, that's it. There's no fun to be had here. I don't know. I had I had a good time playing cards. I like what? cards. You know, I don't know. It's kind of. I thought it was amusing. It wasn't the best game. I'll grant you that. But hey, it was probably a. It was probably a, a, a less than five pounds. Pick the sucker up. You're good to go. But there are better poker games it's out there. It's titillating. Also, you're the. Did you know who some? Do you know who Samantha Fox is? Before I mentioned her, like, do you? Did you grow up knowing who she was? I, when you mentioned the music, uh, I, I knew who she was from that. But when you played the game this week, did you know her mm -mm. from anybody? So that's a lot of people don't know her. And no. So part of it is like I, I can't tell you how big a deal she was. And so just her sheer aura. Being being a, a tackle of this game that knocks it up several points. I'd heard about this game for years. No, it doesn't. I know it doesn't really. Okay, but I'd heard about this <laughs> game for years, and I was like, man, this is the game to try because uh, you know we don't. Me and Boat never cover this stuff. I was like, I'm going to try one of these more uh, salacious uh, games, and this is the one I end up getting. You know, I I did find reviews on this. Believe it or not, oh, I, I believe reviews. it. Uh, the Lemon C sixty four gives us a six. Point two out of ten. No. Oh yeah, I think that's fair. No. Uh, Commodore format gave this a sixty percent. No. Commodore user wasn't as kind, and these these get worse. Commodore user in August of eighty six gave us a twenty uh, out, out of out of twenty out of a uh, hundred. A two. That is. <laughs> well, now we're getting there. Happy computing gave it a nineteen out of a hundred, no. and Zap. Uh, famously gave this a 16 out of 100. Yeah. And a lot of these, uh, a lot of these reviews mentioned something that I found it hilarious. It's like, like, listen, for the cost of this tape, you could go buy the paper that's yeah. got the full page, like, <laughs> full resolution photo of Samantha Fox with no top one. But it doesn't feature poker. That's for darn sure. Well, There's something about strip poker on the computer. There's a ton of these things on the Amiga. Even the Coco had them. 
There, every computer has a strip poker game. And it's like I said, you've got a bunch of teenage boys playing them. I played them back in the day. I bet most of the people in the chat have played some strip poker game on some computer. Even oh, you yeah. probably did. No, I'm not denying that. You but know? this was and I garbage. Think we can all agree that this is probably the top one of all no, of them. No, no, not even. No, no. This was so <laughs> bad. It was so bad. This doesn't deserve to be on YouTube for completely different reasons. <laughs> Look at that. Happy Cody met Samantha Fox. There you go, Happy. Adding to his legend. Uh, I looked this up on eBay because I was, I was actually interested to see what this is going for. So, uh, a, a, a total complete with the cassette, uh, you're looking at $22.55. No. I looked, and these had sold for $26 uh, on, in the U.S. Uh, that's off of the C64. If you're trying to get something for the, uh, uh, for the uh, uh, ZX Spectrum, you can find these for 2 12 bucks. Uh, the Amstrad, you're looking at somewhere in the ballpark of $17. And the MSX eight dollars. We did have a review of this. It was also from Pajaco. Pajaco writes terrible uh, detail in the pictures. That is low and pixely. And you can't see and you can't see nothing. Two out of ten. Then he says, "Okay." In all seriousness, I played the BBC Micro Specky and C sixty four versions of the game poker, and they're all so so. However, the Specky version plays a totally different variant of poker. I think it plays seven card stud. By the way. Uh, and to the other versions, it was by far the most awkward to play. The Beeb was okay and easier to play. I'm sure it was cheating. But like the Specky version, you only get to see the pictures in between rounds. And similarly, the computer player only seems to strategize based on their own hand, so bluffing didn't really work. By far the best is the C64. Great interface. Sam Fox is visible during play. And the computer player felt a bit more rounded with bluffing seeming to have an effect. But I just kept losing because Samantha Fox had a better pair than me. Okay, I'll see myself out. Horrible! <laughs> As a strip poker uh, game, Specky 3 out of 10, Beeb 5 out of 10, and the C64, bam, 8 out of 10. According to Pajaco. Good taste, Pajaco. Well done. I think Pajaco speaks for everybody with that score. Uh, that I think that's a fair score. So with all that said, Brent... Uh, uh, before we move into the next the lightning round here, uh, which of these two games do you think comes out on top uh, in terms of the playability, graphics, and the overall fun factor? Well, I don't know, Aaron, but I know one thing for darn sure. Yes. You're not, you're not going to be able to get either of these games at, with our sponsor, BAM Retro oh, Rewind. You don't think he's selling cassette <laughs> copies of Sam Fox? <laughs> I don't either. I don't either. So what can you tell us, Aaron, about RetroRewind.ca? What can I tell you? Listen, uh, we just talked about the C64. Yes. Uh, that, so if you want to play Samantha Fox Strip Poker in all of its glory and not worry about something falling apart or melting inside your C64, it's time to take the board out of that thing and send it down to Frank at RetroRewind.ca because Frank will take care of his C64. You got one that's broke. You got one that needs recap. You got one that needs this little TLC. That's your boy Frank. Send it up there. He does full repair and recapping services for all your Commodore computers. Not just a C64. Maybe you got a C128. Maybe you got a Plus 4. Maybe you got a freaking. You got anything of this crazy stuff. He'll take care of it. All the lines of the Amiga or your Cocos. Frank is your man. Now, if you're a handy type, some people are, uh, you can recap these yourself using parts that you purchased from Frank at RetroRewind.ca. Absolutely. He uses the best quality capacitors, 
It will sell you the top stuff so you can do it yourself. Aside from anything else, maybe you don't want to set through the load screen on Samantha Fox. Maybe you want to actually load this thing off of a, of a, a card, right? Floppy emulation, stuff like that. Frank's got you covered. He's got the Kung Fu flag for your C64. Maybe you want to load your poker games uh, and make them run faster on your Amiga 600. Don't worry, Frank's got you covered. You can have lightning, lightning speed poker with the A600 accelerator board. We're not going to forget those folks that have a Coco, because they got the poker they want to play. Get you a Coco SDC, the solution that you need for your Coco to take an SD card and pack in all the games you want. Poker out the yin-yang. All the poker. All the poker. Everything available uh, from our good buddy Frank at RetroRewind.ca. We love you, Frank. Good luck up there, brother. Now, Aaron. Yes, sir. We have added to the Retro Rewind spot the Acorn Archimedes. Oh, man. Bam. I love <coughs> the Acorn, brother. And new to the wheel yeah. from Steve W. Okay. We got Roguelike Games. Oh, Roguelike. Did we play Roguelike no, Games? I played a Roguelike oh, okay. game. That does not count. These Roguelike Games are everywhere. You can't, they're everywhere. All right, fire that sucker up. Man, that's a, that's a quality spin right there. Okay, what do you got? And we have roguelikes. Oh man! Oh, that's Bam. a lot. Okay, roguelike game. And who who was it? Steve W. posted that one in here. Absolutely. So, do you want to set any bounds on these roguelike games? You have to pick a roguelike that isn't rogue because rogue is not a roguelike. It's just rogue. Rogue is like so. You're not going to pick rogue. You I, first of all, we've already played rogue. Right. But Rogue is not a roguelike. It's of Rogue. Other, weren't there more than one Rogue? I can just play Rogue 2 or something. I, no, that would not be a roguelike. That would just be so Rogue. You can't, so the one thing we can't do is play Rogue. That's right. I got you. All right. You know, I don't think we're going to play Rogue, but we might as well talk about our event coming up uh, in just, uh, I got to say, a few short weeks. I actually, Brent, now that I think about it, my God, it seems like it, it just beamed in. This will be <laughs> November 25th. Starting at 9 a.m., early early 9 a.m. start time, it's ARG Presents Thanks for Giving Marathon. Yes. Uh, where we play, we pretty much play right up until Amiga starts at 5, of nonstop uh, uh, video game playing action. Yes. What, tell them the gimmick this year, Brent. Uh, th- normally, we try to have some uh, uh, systems or, or uh, you know games that people want to see. We're going a different route this time. We are just going to have on the wheel game archetypes. We're talking sports. We're talking shooters. We're talking uh, uh, platformers, role-playing games. We're going to spin those up about every half an hour or so and then pick a game that we want to play that goes along with that type of video game. I think it'll be a good time. Oh, yeah. It'll be a lot of fun. We do hope you'll join us. Uh, We'll be broadcasting all day on Twitch. It's the day after Thanksgiving if you're in uh, the States. And just to stress, this is not, this isn't like a, a, a charity thing. This is us just putting some entertainment out there for you. No obligations are expected. We're just wanting to, to give back to the community. A little fun after Thanksgiving for this of us in the U.S. And for around the world, just a way to top off a good Happy Friday. Should be a lot of fun. I'm, Absolutely. I'm looking forward to this this year. And um, thank God that all the, all the pandemic and stuff's all done. Um, don't, no more remote, none of this crap. I'm ready to get on with it. Although we did have some of our buddies 
uh, get sick. And to those that you know who you are, get well soon. This thing's still with us, uh, but uh, hopefully it won't be around much longer. Absolutely. So, with all that said, next week will be roguelike games. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Please head home, get in your crazy car, maybe whack a few pedestrians in the way, because you got to get there quick to get your fill of Samantha Fox. Until next week, adios, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. A special thank you to Death and Styles for our vector style graphics and Bartbit for our amazing music. Would you like to help keep ARG spinning? You can do so at patreon.com slash ARG presents. Just like these fine folks. Dryerlet 17, Laron Garut, Templar Mar, Z9K9, Jerry Dennington, John Dykeman, Retroalogy, Airshack, Texas Foosballer, Sundown, O'Raw, Super Tech Boy, David Terrence, Mr. B, Roushy, Graham, W. Fetke, Dave, Velociraptor, Bernhardt Lucas, Steve Rathmason, Anthony Jarvis, Bitter Blitter, Pajaco6502, Kevin Bean, Andy Jones, Andy Craig, Rob Black O'Hara, Jason Warns, Mitsuyama, Chris Foles, Frodo NL, The Slow Norris, Terry Howard, Olaf Holt, and Rolo. Richard Smith. They all have access to our Discord channel, their name caught out in the credits, and visualized in the ending scene. Have an idea for a wheel piece? You can send it to us at argpresents at mail.com.